Hello and welcome to episode number 85 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we have a lot to cover again. We have some interesting updates to the Ahmad Arbery story that we talked about in the previous episode. We've got Joe Rogan now announcing a new deal with Spotify. Major League Baseball maybe coming back, hamsters and masks, and Scott Adams talking to who he called his smartest friend, and you can put that one in quotes, but let's kick this one off with the follow-up to the Ahmad Arbery story, and this was, if you missed the last episode, the shooting in Georgia of the 25-year-old, I believe, African-American man by the two older white guys where there were no charges filed for a while, and then a video leaked. And of course, social media jumps on this, seeing one thing where the reality appeared to be something completely different. Well, it's a very interesting twist to find out since we last spoke that the video was actually leaked by George McMichael, the older of the two men, Travis the younger, the son of George was the one holding the shotgun that ended up shooting Ahmad Arbery. But George McMichael actually released this video because he thought the same thing I did after watching the video, which was this appears to show the kid that got killed, Ahmad Arbery, running into the guy with the gun and attacking the guy with the gun, causing the gun to go off now let that sink in for a minute the father released the video thinking it's going to help his kid and it is having the absolute opposite effect with a lot of people that are watching this on the social medias although we know the people watching on social media aren't always all that bright and able to determine what the reality is because they don't know what reality is anymore So we have that part of the puzzle now, which is where did this video come from? And it turns out that the assailants themselves have released the video. So obviously they believe they did nothing wrong or they're complete morons. Because if you believe you committed a crime, you don't leak the video. I mean, that would just be the dumbest possible thing you can do. But here we are with the fact that George McMichael was the one that leaked this video of his son, Travis, holding the gun and Ahmaud Arbery running around the truck and trying to grab the gun. MSN, I mean, the news media is just so bad at what they do. It's not even funny any longer. MSN was like, well, they said this, but. You could see in the video that the guy was just jogging and he ran around the truck to try to avoid them. It's like, no, he didn't. He went around the side of the truck because he was going to try to jump the guy. And that's exactly what he did. But you can keep lying, MSN. It's fine. You're either complicit, pushing a narrative, or completely horrible at your job, much like CNN is. I mean, I was appalled to see a tweet on cnn yesterday from one of their longtime correspondents which basically said 
You know, Fox News is all over the place. I mean, they have one host that's saying Trump using hydrochloroquine is the absolute wrong thing to do and idiotic, but then the next host, he thinks it's okay and good. And then they have one doctor on that says this, and they have one doctor on that says something else. How is their audience to know what to believe? And I'm like, holy crap. You just admitted that CNN does nothing but push one side of a narrative. There's no question about it anymore. This guy just admitted it. And the hilarious thing is he did it while trying to take Fox News down a peg for actually having some news coverage that doesn't just fit into one box. And this was CNN correspondent Oliver Darcy in his tweet exactly as I mean, I'll give it to you straight. So as you don't think I'm coloring his words in any way, shape or form, said, quote, on Twitter, Fox can't get its story straight. While one host zings Trump for taking hydrochloroquine, another host encourages its use. While one medical contributor calls it highly irresponsible, another says it's reasonable. What are viewers to believe? Oliver Darcy, you're there to report the news, not tell people what to think. That's not your job. That is not the job of the news media. You're there to report the news. Believe it or not, one doctor might have one opinion and another doctor might have a completely different opinion. If you choose only doctors with opinion A, then you're lying to the people by not reporting opinion B. It's pretty easy to understand when you take a look at it. We know that CNN and MSNBC, these haven't been news organizations for a long time and this just shows you why right there in black and white on twitter if they don't report just one side of a story how will people know what to think it's insane that this idiot is using this argument to try to talk about how bad fox news is and what they do and fox news has not been great lately but to attack somebody for covering both sides of a story is hilarious. And if he doesn't even understand that, it's, it's just sad that this is the mentality of people in this day and age that you don't understand that that is the most idiotic thing you can say and the most outing thing that you can say for your organization, in this case, CNN, as being not newsworthy, not reporting the truth of the stories and you're admitting that you're only reporting the side that you approve of that you want people to know because really you need to tell people what to think and not report the news if you're cnn and it's clear that's what they're doing and their own people are now admitting it so i don't expect cnn or msnbc or msn to be able to get any of these stories right in the case of the Ahmad Arbery, the shooting in Georgia, the case even got weirder over the past week, besides the fact that it was the father of the guy that shot Ahmad Arbery that released the video. A text message also surfaced from a current police officer in that jurisdiction to the homeowner of the house going up. The property that Ahmad Arbery was seen going into multiple times, looking around, nobody really knows what he was doing in the house. That's kind of irrelevant. 
to the fact that the uh, this active duty police officer told the homeowner, you know, if you have any problems with break-ins here, don't call us, call George McMichael. He's a neighbor, lives right there, and he is former investigator with the DA, as we talked about in the last episode, and a former cop. So if you want a quick response, the cop told him via this text, don't call us, call George McMichael. So the question of why George McMichael was involved with this becomes crystal clear at this point because it seems the police put him in the middle of this. And again, we talked about in the last episode in Georgia, absolutely legal for citizens to go out and make an arrest if they believe they have seen a crime taking place. And this story just keeps getting more convoluted. The story that Ahmad Arbery was a saint, as we talked about last week as well, is also kind of falling apart a little bit more. I mean, he's still not a criminal mastermind, but there are at least two police body cams that have been released. One of him sitting alone in a car in a park, which I know doesn't seem really bad. Allegedly, it sounded like the park was a high drug selling area for this particular jurisdiction. Don't know if that's true or not, but a cop hassled him. He hassled the cop back. And then there was a video from 2017 or so, I believe, where Ahmad Arbery and a couple other guys were picked up for allegedly stealing a 65 inch TV. And he once again became. Uh, combative with the police officers. So there is a history with this guy. There's still way more we need to know before making any judgments, but the story is getting murkier as we go along. Now that we know the video was actually leaked by the people that it appears it's going to do some major harm to, that the cops told the homeowner to call these guys rather than them if there was a break-in and we're getting more video of Ahmad Arbery not being a model citizen. So it's still going to be a story to watch. It's Georgia. It's screwed up. We'll see where it goes. The big news in the podcasting world is Joe Rogan taking a deal with Spotify to the tune of $100 million or more, which means, hey, I get it. That's a lot of money. Almost anybody in the world would probably take that. Was it the best deal that Joe could have gotten? Was this the right move? That is something that we're going to have to find out. I think that has a lot of negative aspects to it. You know, besides the $100 million, the issue being with going to Spotify, Joe Rogan will no longer have his full videos on YouTube, which is where a lot of people consume. So this is definitely a hit to YouTube. It will no longer have the show available on your favorite podcast programs or whatever you're using to listen to the Random Thoughts podcast right now. Unless it is Spotify, it's no longer going to get the Joe Rogan experience. And that, I believe, is going to hurt him with a lot of people because I think there are a lot of people out there who are like, I don't want to go to Spotify and get another account and download some more software just to listen to your podcast. There are alternative things I could listen to. Now, Joe's hardcore fans, of course, they're going to do it. 
but I don't know if everybody that listens and watches Joe Rogan is a hardcore fan. And we're going to find out how many there really are, because this is a multi-year deal. So even if Joe comes out the other end of this, his product may be greatly reduced as far as his audience. Kevin Smith did something similar about a year and a half, two years ago, except he inked his deal with Stitcher and all of his back catalog, which is the same thing that's going on with Joe Rogan here. The whole back catalog of all of his podcasts went exclusively to Stitcher. So if you wanted to get that in the Kevin Smith case, the older stuff, you actually had to pay to be a Stitcher subscriber. So it was a little bit different. According to Rogan, although this could change at any minute, the Spotify deal is always going to be free. You're always going to be able to get all of his content. And he said it's not going to affect the way he does the show at all. But I think we all know better somewhere in our hearts that once somebody else is calling the shots, your content is probably going to change. Is it worth the hundred million? Sure, probably. To me, it would be. I'd be taking the hundred million and running. But I don't have Joe Rogan's audience. And I would have looked at the bigger picture. If you're Joe Rogan, is it worth the hundred million? If this is his exit strategy, I get it. If Joe Rogan is thinking, I want to be out of this podcasting deal in the next three years or so, then this is the best way probably to do it. It's the least amount of work. He can phone it in, take his money and run. But Joe Rogan is one of the few guys out there who could have gone a totally different way. He could have gone with one of the platforms out there that isn't YouTube, that isn't censored up the yin-yang like YouTube is. Joe Rogan had the opportunity to either make an existing censorship-free platform explode, or let's be honest, Joe Rogan could have started his own platform because people will go with Joe if it doesn't cause them a big pain in the ass to get there. And I know a lot of people hate Spotify. They just don't want to go to Spotify. If Rogan really wanted to do something interesting, going his own way, I think would have been a much better way to do it. Leave the podcast audio the way it is because podcast audio just works with an RSS feed and being open and free. There's no reason to tie that down to one particular site, one particular, you know, behemoth that's controlling that video is a little bit different. And I think Rogan could have gone a different way. We're not going to know if this was a good choice or a bad choice for a while. I mean, it may show up immediately if his fan base drops off or if the amount of ads that he does increases, you know, fivefold or something, because all of a sudden Spotify is going, hey, we paid you 100 million. Uh, we got to do a lot more ads. And I don't watch or listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. I'll be honest. I was really surprised that the YouTube thing really didn't show any ads during the shows where the audio podcast had them at the beginning and end, you know, very easy to clip out. It's going to be interesting to see how Joe's show changes. And I do believe it will change in one way, shape, or form. And I'm sure I'll be getting into this in a much deeper level with Ryan Bemrose on this week's Grumpy Old Benz because we like to talk about all things podcasting. And this is 
about as big of podcasting news as you can get. Joe Rogan is the guy. And he had an opportunity to really be the guy, I think. And instead, he tied his horse to a pig in Spotify. And uh, I don't think it'll work out. But hey, I'm just an idiot. I could be wrong. We'll find out. But write this one down. Scott Adams, another guy who is big in the podcasting social media world, posted a little thread on Twitter, and it didn't really surprise me. It was more playing to the choir and reinforcing things that I believed I knew. And this just kind of reinforced all of those things. This was his response and his play by play, kind of, of having a conversation with a guy he considered his smartest friend. He said he's an Ivy League guy. He would consider him within the top 5% of all people as far as knowing about the world, that kind of a thing. So he's putting this guy pretty high up there. And he said, you know what? I want to ask you a few questions because the guy admitted he only gets his news from CNN. I mean, we just talked about CNN, about only wanting to give one side of the story. We all know that's true. MSNBC and the New York Times. So this is a guy, smart guy, Ivy League, really bright, thinks he knows what's going on in the world, but those are the places he gets his news from. So Scott Adams said, let me ask you a few questions and get your take on a few things. The guy says, sure. He asks him about the hydrochloroquine, and his friend had never heard that zinc needed to be paired with the hydrochloroquine in order for it to be effective against COVID-19. Well, that's interesting because the news stories that are anti-Trump, that hate Donald Trump, are always anti-hydrochloroquine because he actually is taking the drug. He has touted the drug. And when they talk about these studies that have failed with hydrochloroquine, they've never been one pairing it with zinc, which seems to be a key element of that particular treatment because the hydrochloroquine, I mean, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm an idiot podcast, but from what I understand, hydrochloroquine goes in and does something to open the door, if you will, for the zinc to do the job to eradicate or at least greatly lessen the effects of the virus. Without the zinc, the hydrochloroquine kind of goes in, it opens the door, but there's nothing to go in and take care of business. There's other things out there like corsetin that are allegedly doing the same type of thing as the hydrochloroquine. So it's an interesting case to follow there too. But his friend, Scott Adams' friend, had also never heard of off book prescribing of medications, which is hard to believe that anybody living in the United States who goes to a doctor regularly, who's ever had a condition or any family member that's had a condition to not know that a doctor can prescribe in the United States. It's a free country still, kind of, whatever they want if they think it would help their patients. So if you walk into a doctor and you've got a condition and you, your condition is you know, cancer, whatever it is, 
And he thinks that for you, taking an AIDS drug would be beneficial, even though it's not really recommended. They will let him do that. They let the doctor do that. It's off book prescribing of medications. And you have a relationship with your doctor. The concept being your doctor knows you better than anybody else. He knows your body better than anybody else. He knows what you need. And if he believes this will help, they will let him do that. I mean, I'm sure there are limitations to this, but that is the way it is and has been for a long, long time. And Scott Adams, smartest friend, didn't know about the off-book prescribing of medications, and he believed any doctor that would dare do that would be violating the norms. I don't know if he actually believed he'd be going to like violating his oath, but he definitely believed somebody doing off-book meds would be doing something against what they should be doing would be doing against what the medical boards and stuff would want them doing which is just absolutely insane he was also unaware that there were a decent amount of frontline workers taking the hydrochloroquine presumably with the zinc as a prophylaxis to covid-19 which is what president donald trump is doing right now and of course you know the world's melting down he was unaware that at least one out of four doctors would prescribe the hydrochloroquine cocktail for their own patients. He wasn't aware that other countries were taking it. Big news today is that Brazil is all in on the chloroquine. Of course, Brazil, I mean, they'll just say that Bolsonaro is just another Trump. But you know what? These guys are probably right. And the people that are calling them morons are probably wrong. Scott Adams' smartest friend was also unaware of the fact that Trump and Fauci only really disagreed about one thing, and that was when to close down the United States for travel from China. And Trump did it earlier than Fauci wanted in this case and was proven absolutely correct. Otherwise, Trump has been following the advice of his health experts. But the news media, no, 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 they want to tell you a completely different story that Trump's an idiot. He's ignoring health experts. He wants you to inject chlorine into your veins. None of this is true. But if you're watching MSNBC, CNN, this is a story you're being given. Just like the quote from Trump that he said, well, yeah, if you're, you know, powerful, if you're a celebrity and all this, when it comes to women, you can grab them by the pussy. Well, that story went absolutely nuts, and they were calling Trump a sex offender. I mean, this is the media again, calling him a sex offender because he said guys in his position could do that. But now Joe Biden is actually being accused of doing that. And the news media remains silent. Right. Remember CNN. They can only tell you one side of a story so you know what to think. Their side is Trump's got to lose, so Biden's the guy. Does it matter what Biden does? No, he's the guy. Biden can sexually abuse a woman. We're silent. He's the guy. Biden can do anything he wants. He's not Trump. He's the guy. The news media is going to give him a pass. And it's sad that this is what the journalistic integrity of this world now looks like, but it's absolutely the truth. The last thing from 
Scott Adams' smartest friend, and again, you got to put that in air quotes, was that he believed if 17 intelligence agencies said that they all agreed on something, that meant all 17 of them actually investigated it independently. My God. You go down the line, and if this is one of the smartest people in the world, I understand why we're in the predicament that we are now when Ivy League bright guys and gals, I mean, I don't want to misgender. I know there's probably more genders, but I'm still only seeing two when I look at the COVID results. So I'm just, I keep waiting for the other 69 genders to show up in the COVID results. But this guy, Scott Adams, smartest friend, is obviously a bright guy when it comes to a lot of things. But this is what happens when bright people go to CNN and MSNBC, the New York Times, for their news and don't go anywhere else. You have to do your own homework. You have to look at the other side and at least ask yourself, does this seem reasonable? And if people would do that, they would be so much better off. But even though they stare at their phones for 15 hours a day, they're too lazy to go look for something that might disagree with their internal narrative that they've been sold. And it's sad because when you keep going for confirmation bias, it's easy to make people believe just about anything we did, a whole show on bias a long, long time ago. It was called bias, so look it up. It really explained a lot about how the human mind works. And when you're marketing or trying to sell somebody an idea, what you need to do in order to get it to stick. But science, I mean, you got to go with the science. There's no doubt about it. In a study that was conducted by a team of scientists in Hong Kong, found that the rate of non-contact transmission through respiratory droplets or airborne particles dropped by as much as 75% when masks were worn. But masks actually weren't worn in the study because they didn't use people. They used hamsters. And they didn't do the right thing and make a bunch of little small hamster masks and put them on the hamsters. No. They used a mask on the outside of the cage and then blew air onto it with a fan. And I don't know how hard they were blowing these fans at it, but this whole concept just screams bullcrap because putting a fan on the outside of a cage with an animal inside of it is not the same as somebody wearing a mask. I mean, if you've worn a mask, you know they're uncomfortable. You know that they usually don't fit perfectly. And even if they do, Unless you're wearing an N95 mask, which you shouldn't be. Those are for the healthcare professionals. If you're just wearing one of these cloth masks that provide minimal protection at the very most, you know your mouth is right up against it and you're breathing in through the mask. This is not somebody blowing air on one side of a piece of fabric to see what gets through. You're actually breathing in and sucking in through the mask. So this was on Fox News. So I'm going to call them out for fake news as well, along with MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, and everybody else. We've already taken a shot at this episode. Fox News really know better with this story. 
And I'm sure this story is everywhere online because, you know, masks, masks, masks. It's the new mantra that everybody wants to get everybody to wear a mask. When the reality is the science hasn't really proven that it's doing anything to keep you safe. It's doing more to keep people from spreading the disease if they have it. But that's not the story we're being told. And I guess it's easier. You scare people more because everybody's like, well, if I already have it, what do I care? I mean, I'm not worried about that. So there is an interesting way this is being sold to us. I believe the masks are helpful. If somebody has the disease, when they breathe out, obviously their droplets stay close to them. They don't go out into the world. And what we're being told is the mask can keep you safe from breathing the stuff in. And it's just a piece of cloth. You're not wearing a medical grade mask. You're putting up a bandana or a hanky or something over your face. And I mean, I get it. You want to believe it's going to keep you safe. And maybe that makes you feel better. The reality is not so much. And some people that are afraid of getting sick are some of the Major League Baseball players. And this has been a story we've been following. We used to watch a lot of baseball. If you're following along at home with random thoughts. You know, we've fallen out of love with the MLB over the years. And this year is kind of an interesting concept because if you follow baseball at all, you know, baseball is supposed to be March spring training, April 1st, sometimes even earlier opening day. So we're already months into the time that should have baseball going on. Baseball isn't anywhere near ready to get a quick start going. And we know if they do get started, it's going to be about half a season with a completely different look, which means no fans in the stands, which means playing a whole different schedule, just teams in your area, and then going into a postseason, which has more teams. Some of it makes sense. Some of it, not so much. Saying things like players can't spit, have to be at least six feet apart. Can't do any high-fiving, any fist bumps, no physical contact whatsoever. I hate to tell you there is physical contact in baseball. Basketball, even worse. So I don't know what's going to happen when that rolls around. Hockey, even though there's a lot of contact, the players are well covered and you can use PPEs. You can use some kind of face shield, I'm guessing. So hockey might be easier to get back to. Basketball, very little clothing, very little protection, a lot of person-on-person contact even more so than baseball. But there's some baseball players that are already saying, look, we're already going to take a massive pay cut because even in a completely fair world to the players, and I think the players do have to make some semblance of um, compromise when it comes to what's going to happen here as far as the salaries go. But if it's going to be a half a season, the players aren't going to get half their salary because no fans, no concessions, no parking. So the owners are going, well, here, look, if we play, we're going to do a 50-50 split with you. And so that means the salaries of the players are going to be a lot lower, which you can all say what you want. Most baseball players make a lot of money. That is absolutely true. But there are players coming out and saying, look. One, I don't want to get this virus because I don't want to bring it home to my family. I don't know what's going to happen if I get the virus, even though they're young and healthy guys. We've been fear mongered to death 
with stories of otherwise healthy people who are having permanent lung damage, blood clots, issues that are long-term. We may have talked about here, it was maybe on Grumpy Old Ben's, that the United States military, if anybody's been hospitalized with the virus, they're no longer eligible for the military. The original call was anybody that's had the virus ineligible for the military, which tells me there's leaving something behind in your body that you're not 100% healthy no matter what if you get this virus, even if you recover. So I understand professional athletes going, well, look, I'm 20, whatever it is. I've got another X amount of years to go. If I go out and play and I get this virus, it's possible I'll have permanent lung damage and never be able to play again. I'll never get another contract. So I am not going to go out and say that any player that doesn't want to play at this particular point is being greedy or selfish. I believe they're doing what is right for themselves and their families. Anybody that's at the end of their career, sure, they probably have absolutely nothing to lose. But this is not a simple case of just being about money. This is a case of possibly losing a career if you end up getting this virus and then having lung damage, which keeps you from being able to perform at a professional level. So how is Major League Baseball going to handle it? I don't know. Usually they've been handling things pretty poorly. And it'll be a fun story to watch. I mean, I know people want the distraction. NASCAR's back. People want something to watch, teams to root for. And I get it. But I understand the players in this case not wanting to take any unnecessary risks that could cost them either in the short term or the long term. I mean, the short term, you'd go, you're just being greedy if it was just about money. But this isn't just about money. This is about their health, the health of their families, because they are not talking about sequestering completely the players and the families, which they talked about for a bit. But it's something that there's no easy answer to. And we've already missed half the season. It might just be time to throw in the towel, Major League Baseball, or asking the players that actually want to play to come back put some teams together, do some exhibition games. But even if they get through with the normal teams, I mean, here's my problem. Is a World Series win this year really the same as every other year? Is a Cy Young Award win this year as much as it was every other year? No, because it's not a normal season. There's going to be asterisks anyway. So Major League Baseball, ask the guys that want to play and put together a league. You can put it on TV. People will still see their favorite players. They may not be on the same team. I may not get to root for the Chicago White Sox or Boston Red Sox, but there'll be some players you know out there playing, and you can have a little bit of fun, have a little bit of a distraction without making players feel like they're total jerks if they decide they don't want to partake due to the COVID-19 insanity that's currently going on. But we'll follow it, and we'll let you know what's going on. And we appreciate you listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. As Joe Rogan goes for that big $100 million contract, we're just here doing the shows because we enjoy the shows and we appreciate you taking the time to listen. And we appreciate everybody who has donated to the show over the last 85 episodes. 
We do work on the value for value model. So that means if you got some value out of the show, it's up to you to go to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and decide what kind of value you got. Click that little donate button and get on a monthly subscription or a one-time donation. Anything is appreciated to help us keep the lights on, the microphones humming and all this audio gear sounding good. Randomthoughts.com is also the place to go if you want to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You can do it. Apple, Android, email, so you never miss an episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so. Email Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. Or the show on Twitter at Random Podcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, podcast. And let us know what you think. If you're liking the shows, if you're not, questions, comments, criticisms are always appreciated. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.